But um, anyways, I uh, just wanted to bless you in the name of the Lord on this beautiful Sunday, the first part of December. And uh, the hard part for me is that Dave has his first Christmas in heaven, and I've got mine here on earth. But uh, other women in here, you know what I'm talking about, other men that have perhaps lost spouses as well, or family members. So the goodness of God is what carries us on. Come on, Pastor Tim. Oh, I'm sorry. There you are. Brother Tim. Pastor Tim. Thank you. This is a safe place. We live in a world that's not safe. But we have this promise. Right? Where's my lady? There we go. When you go out the door, let this cover you. Okay? Because it's as safe out there under this as it is in here. Amen? All right. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He's my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone." You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot, because he has set his love upon me. Therefore I will deliver him, I will set him on high, because he's known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor Tim. Well, this is always um, an honor to be able to stand here. Thank you, Pastor Ina. Give her a hand. Isn't she awesome? Yeah. So um, I'm on this subject. On Monday when I got up, um, I was seeking the Lord, and I really felt in my spirit that he wanted me to share on our authority. Um, some people call it believer's authority, um, but I want to talk about our authority, the authority that God has given to you and I. And we've already had church. Look at your neighbor and say, we've already had church. <laughs> 
So, so now we're going to get the word. So, Father, I thank you. I thank you for what you've already done at River of Life Church this morning, Lord. Father, I thank you for the anointing that dwells in this house, Lord. Father, I thank you, God, for the years that Pastor Dave has sown in this building, Father. And I thank you, God, that that oil continues to flow down from the head, Father, into the body, Lord. And so, Father, I thank you, God. Lord, I pray this morning that you would touch our hearts, God, that each one of us would take away from this message, God, exactly what you would have for us to take away. Now, Holy Spirit, I ask you to come and teach, come and guide, come and be our advocate this morning and our standby. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I want to talk to you a little bit about our authority. So I'm going to right away give you the number one. So I'm going to give you that first one first. So we have authority. It's the right to give orders. Look at your neighbor and say, it's the right to give an order. Okay, so I'm just going to share just a little bit of my notes that I've got here. Um, authority actually means, this comes out of the Oxford Dictionary, and it actually means the power or right to give orders to make decisions and to enforce. So I'm going to say that again. So it's the power or right to give orders, make decisions, and to enforce. So look at your neighbor and say, I'm called to enforce the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, so each one of us are called to enforce that. It says in Luke 10, 19, it says, Behold, I get, and this is not in your notes. Um, it says, Behold, I give unto you the power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. And I love um, what the Amplified Version says in this verse. Um, in the Amplified, it says, Listen carefully. Look at your neighbor and say, Listen carefully. I have given you authority that you now possess. I love how, how he says that there in the Amplified. You now possess that authority. It's not something you're going to get down the road. You already have it. To tread on serpents and scorpions and the ability to exercise that authority. So I love that too. So say with me, I have the ability to exercise authority. Yeah, we have that ability. Okay. So over all the power of the enemy, which is Satan, and nothing in any way will harm you. So there's not one thing that will ever harm you because you have the power to exercise your authority on this earth in the powerful name of Jesus Christ that we sung about this morning. Amen. <laughs> all right. So we have authority. It's the right to give orders. And number two, the problem is, is that the church hears, that's your next fill-in, that they have authority, but they do not exercise that authority. Um, so there's where the problem lies. And so um, I was on Monday, um, I got a couple distress phone calls on Monday. And so I, I actually got five bad news. I mean, bad news, five of them on Monday. And each one had to do with a very intimate, close family member of mine. And so by the time I got one, I was, I was listening carefully. And, and then, then he, this person goes into the second one, and I was listening carefully. And then he goes into the third one, and it's all a bad report. And so I'm listening very carefully. And then he tells me about the fourth one. I'm done now. Now I'm done. Now I said, you know what you need to do? <laughs> I said, you need to renew your mind. 
I said, you're letting the devil live in your brain rent free. I said, this is a bad report, but you're letting the devil live in your brain rent free. You got to renew your mind because how can you sleep at night? <laughs> so anyway, I could say that to this person. So, um, and so then later on that day, I get another phone call and now I get the fifth bad report. Well, now by this time, now remember early Monday morning, I got up and the Lord told me to study on authority. So now I got the fifth one and I just started to laugh and I start, I started to roar like a lion because now I'm like, wait a second, wait a minute. I have authority to cast this devil out and he's got to go and I can use the name of Jesus and he's got to flee. He's got to go. And so my daughter says to me, not today, Satan, not today. So say with me, not today, Satan, not today, not today. So sometimes we get news and we get reports and we get things and we just kind of like go with it. Like it's kind of like we just agree with it, you know, unwillingly and unknowingly sometimes, you know, and we'll get the report and, and then we just go in the motion like a robot and we go in this motion of doing everything that they're telling us that we need to do, but we have forgotten to go to the, our source and our source is Jesus Christ and it's the word of God. This is our source. So we can listen to instruction from the humanistic side, from the humanistic view, or we can go and get our instructions from our instruction manual right here. What does God say about it? And we can go to what God says about it, and then we can stand on the word of God and decree and declare the thing, and it shall be established for you and I. Okay. So the problem comes, I'm going to go to my notes now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to not be a New Yorker this morning. Problems come... Um, and then Satan tries to get into our mind and many times we allow him. And I think by the second or third time that I was getting the report of bad news on a family member, I think for that moment, I was allowing that to get into my mind gate. Um, so some examples are we get bad news and we just accept it. Yeah, it's the way it is. Or we're never going to get out of this financial crisis. It's always going to be the same way. Or my child will never serve the Lord. He or she is too far gone now. Too far gone, why even pray? Because she's so far gone or he's so far gone that I'm never going to see my son or daughter come into the kingdom. Or maybe it's the coworker that never stops undermining you. You ever had one of those coworkers? <laughs> never stops undermining you. Or maybe it's a spirit of infirmity. Maybe it's pain that just never goes away from your body. But what I'm saying to you this morning is that we have authority to rise up against these little frivolous things that come into our life. And we've got the the authority to say, not today, Satan. I bind you up and I keep you under my feet. I've not let you out, not let you come out from under my feet. So there's a, I'll give you an example. I've shared this several times in my prophetic class, but I was in uh, school of ministry um, back in 2012 and um, I was in the supernatural class. And um, before the class starts, um, there's conversation going on and we kind of get settled in for the Holy Spirit. And this one woman, uh, my teacher had asked her, you know, how, how you doing this week? And so I'm going to hyperphrase this, but she's all of a sudden she started talking about how bad her week had been. And she started talking about, you know, pain and um, what the devil had done to her. And he was chasing after her on Monday. And, you know, and she went on and the whole class now is quieted down and we're all listening. So we're listening, and, my, and the teacher's just standing there looking at her as she's, as she's speaking. And then he just said these simple words to her. Why did you let the devil out from under your feet? Why did you let him come out? 
And she sat there for a minute looking at him. And then all of a sudden she got it. Why did I let him come out? Why did I let the devil come out like that? So sometimes we allow the devil to come out unwillingly and unknowingly. So I think this morning that we've got to remind ourselves every day of the power and the authority that we have because we are in a spiritual battle. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm in a spiritual battle. This is for your heart. The spiritual battles for your heart. The enemy's waging war against our hearts and waging war against our mind. And we sometimes we give into it. Sometimes we just say, well, this is the way it is. So I'm just going to keep moving forward, you know, rather than taking the word of God and standing on the word and believing, you know, Kenneth Hagin um, had a scripture that he stood on. Let me see if I can pull it up. This is not in your notes either, but we're going to go to. Oh, let's see, Mark um, 11. Ronnie Graham is on me. He's, he knows exactly what I'm going to say next. <laughs> so, um, and this is out of the Passion Translation, but Kenneth Hagin was bedridden at the age of 16. And he would, all reports were he was going to be done. But he took this simple scripture and he stood on the authority of God's word and said it every single day. Jesus replied, let the faith of God be in you. Uh, listen, am I in the right place? Mark eleven twenty three. Okay. Listen to the truth. Can you pull it up in the King James real quick? Mark eleven twenty three 23 and 24. Thank you. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm getting this this morning. Cause we are in a battle. We are in a battle. If you listen to the news, if you listen to what's going on in our culture today, we are in a battle. The enemy is out to get your mind and he's, he's racing after to get your heart. He wants to get you to believe the lie. For surely I say unto you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. So when I said to my daughter, I said, not today, Satan. I'm not going to agree with this report. Yeah, this is what the doctor said about my grandson, but I am not going to believe that report because that is not the report of the Lord. The report of the Lord says that he was already healed. Over 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ paid that price for my grandson, for your son, your daughter, your father, your mother. He already paid that price for you. So I said, not today, Satan. I'm not going to listen to this anymore. This is, this is hogwash, and I'm not going to receive it. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. So I believe, because I'm not going to believe the report of the Lord. I'm going to believe what God says. Whatsoever things I pray, whatsoever things I speak, I can have those things in the name of Jesus, because all of the power of the kingdom of heaven lives and dwells on the inside of you lives and dwells on the inside of me so we can have those things that we speak the problem is is that we got to speak them that's the problem the problem is that sometimes we get tired and we get busy and it's the Christmas season and things are happening and we got discouraged yesterday and things fell apart last week and and we start going with our mind and we let our minds carry us but the Bible says in Romans chapter 12 1 and 2 be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God for you right and for me so we've got to uh, we've got to realize that we are in in a spiritual battle. Look at your neighbor and say, we're in a spiritual battle. But we don't fear the battle. Look at your neighbor and say, I don't fear the battle. We don't fear it because God has a plan. 
He has a plan. In his plan of redemption, he has a plan for you and I. And he has given the church authority. And so we have authority. What does that mean? It means to make decisions and to enforce that authority, right? So we're going to enforce it. That's what we're going to do. And we're going to smile. We're going to enforce the kingdom of heaven on this earth. So number three, we are in, here's your fill-in, we are in a spiritual battle. So um, what I know is that we're in a spiritual fight daily, and we must be aware that we are. The God of this world is after our hearts. He wants the body of Christ to be weak. But Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, tells us something different. Could you pull that up? Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Say, that's me. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. What's the armor of God? This is the armor of God right here. It's the word of God. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Now, this is what we fight against. Go back to that scripture. This is what we fight against every single day. And if you think, if we think that we're not in a spiritual battle, then we need to go back to the word of God and we need to ask the Lord because the devil wants your heart. He wants your mind. He wants your children. He wants to come and kill, steal, and destroy. But John 10, 10 says that he, that Jesus Christ came to give us that life and that life more abundantly. So at some point we've got to begin like, like Reverend Maud. I remember, remember Reverend Maud. She would say, you've got to roar like a lion. You've got to, at some point, you got to say, devil, I'm not taking it anymore. Or you got to say, bring it on, because I know that when you, when you wrestle with me, you're wrestling with the king of kings, and he has already won the battle for me. Amen? Okay. Oh, I'm getting excited in here. Ah, <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Okay, so therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand. Now, sometimes you may have to stand a little while. Sometimes you may have to stand for, you may have to have some endurance, and you may have to stand in this battle. This battle may not go away the next day or the next day. You may be in it for a little while, but you've got to learn to stand. So and when you've done, when you've stood and you've stood there and you've done all to stand, the Bible says, stand therefore again, right? So often stand there all the time. Don't miss a beat. Stand there and know that you've got the greatest one in the whole universe fighting for you. The Bible says that he's your intercessor. He's sitting at the right-hand side, Latoya. He's sitting at the right-hand side of the Father forever making intercession for you and for me. So therefore, your children have got to come into the kingdom of heaven. They've got to come. They don't have a choice. They don't, because not today, Satan. Not today. There's no choice. Our kingdom, our, our kids are coming into the kingdom of heaven. Hallelujah. And they're coming in with power and with force. And the prodigals are coming home. Okay. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, on your feet and shod with your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Hallelujah. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Every dart that he flies at you, you're going to be able to stand against him and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Hallelujah. So we are in a battle. The Passion Translation in this verse states, to be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus, 
Stand victorious with the force of explosive power flowing in you and through you. Paul knew what he was talking about when he was instructing the church at Ephesus. There are demon gods at the highest realm, and we must stand against them with a complete armor of God. With all the power that God has given to the church through his son Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit. We have got the power to stand against the wiles of the devil. So your fill-ins here in number three are, we are in a spiritual fight daily, and we need to be aware that we are. We must be supernaturally, and that's your fill-in, your next fill-in, supernaturally infused with strength through our union with Christ. We must begin to understand what our identity is. Hallelujah. Our identity is powerful. God's got a plan for you and me. And in his plan is that you know what your identity is in him, right? We are, we're not just saved. We're not just healed, but we're children of the most high. We're his kids. <laughs> Look at the neighbor and say, I'm his kid. Yeah, I'm his kid. You are his kid. And so because you're his kid, there's nothing that he's not going to do for you, right? Think about your children. They come and they ask you for something, and there's nothing that you wouldn't do for your child. When they come to you and they say, Mommy, I want this, right? There's nothing you wouldn't do to make that happen for them. It's the same way with God. There's nothing that God won't do for his church. Amen, and we are his church. Hallelujah. And by the way, we're a powerful church. Look at your neighbor and say, we're a powerful church. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Father. So I'm gonna, I want us to turn next to Ephesians 1, but I want to just read you a couple notes of mine. So um, a few months ago, you might have been here on a Wednesday night, I taught about um, the nine spiritual blessings that are found in Ephesians chapter 1, which if you've never read through the book of Ephesians, I would just encourage you to do so. It's one of the power, most powerful epistles that Paul wrote. Um, God has blessed us and he's chosen us. He's predestined us. He's made us accepted. He abounds toward us. We have redemption. We have the mystery of his will. We are blessed with an inheritance and we are sealed. So say to your neighbor, we are sealed. Those are the blessings that God had from before time ever was. Um, I love what Bob Yandian states. He states that God poured all these blessings on the sun and they were held until our redemption day. Every blessing we have was made possible through the Lord Jesus Christ because we are chosen in him. We, look at your name and say, I am chosen. Yeah, let's take a look at Ephesians 1. And let's start at verse 2. Grace to you and peace from our God the Father and Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm adopted. According to the good pleasure of his will. To the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both that are in heaven and which are on earth in him. I love that scripture. <laughs> Go back to it again. <laughs> 
Yes, I love this scripture because that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together, that's you and me, gather together in all things in Christ, both which is are in heaven and which are in the earth in him. We have been gathered up with the Lord. Okay, <laughs> that's a powerful scripture right there. Uh, verse 11. In him we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. That we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. Hallelujah. <laughs> yes. So in verse 18, um, the eyes of our understanding, he says, well, no, we didn't read that, do we? I'm going to go back. I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay. So. Number four in your, your fill-in, God has blessed us, chosen us, predestined us, made us accepted. He abounds toward us. We have redemption and the mystery of his will. We are blessed with an inheritance and we are sealed. This was God's plan before the foundation of the world. So that was his plan, that you and I would be chosen, that we would be predestined, that we would be accepted, that he would abound toward us, that we would have the understanding of redemption and the mystery of his will, that we're blessed with an inheritance, and that we are now sealed in Christ. So that was God's plan from eternity past, and it's God's plan today. Look at your neighbor and say, it's God's plan today. He has a hope and a future and a plan for each one of us. Amen? Um, so we've been sealed. Bobby Andean says, he states here, he says, Revelation occurs when the wisdom of God, which is resident in our spirit. Now look at your neighbor and say, the wisdom of God is already resident in our spirit. And why might you ask? Because Jesus lives in our spirit. That's where he is. And so wisdom lives on the inside of you and me. So he goes on and he says, but when it explodes across your conscience mind, Illumination occurs when the mind and the spirit come together in unity. This is why we renew our mind. This is why we're, we renew our mind. We're transformed. We renew our mind by the transforming of the word of God, that we might know and prove what's the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. This is why when our spirit man links up to our mind, which is strong, the power of your imagination is one of the strongest forces you have in your body. We only use a certain percent in our brain. We don't even use that much in our brain. But it's the strongest force for you and I. When our spirit and mind come together, we become a powerful, predestined, sealed group of people for the glory of God. Hallelujah. <laughs> yes. We become like that. When you can see that you've been called and chosen before the world ever was, you will begin then to walk in your identity that God has called for you to walk in. He has given his body to the church, and the church, it's time to rise up on our authority. It's time not to take it anymore. Look at your neighbors, I'm not going to take it anymore. Right. So you have that grandson or that child or that brother or sister that's not serving the Lord, and they're far away from the Lord. Like I have, I have a brother, and um, he tells me, you know, I don't want to listen to that. I don't listen to that nonsense, you know. And so I got lots of brothers, but this one particular one <laughs> um, says that to me, you know. He says, I believe, I don't want, just don't want to hear it, you know. Well, no, if you believed, you'd want to hear it. <laughs> so, you know, I can get real with my brother, you know. If you believe, you'd, well, then you'd want to hear what I got to say, you know. He says, well, I don't want to hear that. Well, then, then you don't believe. So don't tell me that you believe if you don't want to hear what I got to say. Because if you believe, then you listen to what I got to say, right? So it's like a double-minded is unstable in all their ways, you know, a double-minded man. So we can, I can either accept that is his answer to me, 
Or I can say, wait a minute, not today, Satan. No, he's my brother. He's part of me. My blood is his blood. We come from the same seed. Wait a second. The Bible says that all of my family shall be saved. So what do you think? He's not going to be saved? I don't think so. I don't think so. Not today. Not under my watch. No. Not, and say that with me. Not under my watch. No. So think about that for a second. I don't care what they say. I don't care what they do. I don't care where they go or where they've been. The Bible says that all in our household shall be saved. Look, say, say to your neighbor, all. All in our household shall be saved. So it doesn't matter who it is. All shall be saved. So we don't want to be lukewarm. We want to rise up to the occasion and take our authority and say, not today. I'm not going to let this happen. No, I'm going to believe that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And I thank you that all of my family shall be saved. And that includes every single one of my brothers are going to come to serve Jesus Christ. I'm going to see it with my natural eye. They're going to come. And why? Why? Because I believe. I believe what the scripture says. I believe that God, that's God's plan. That's God's future. He's predestined us. He has sealed us. We are part of the body. We are the body of Christ. And so God wants all to come to his saving knowledge. So, but we can sometimes get in that little rut where we go by what we see, you know, and we see it. And sometimes it's hard to see what we see, you know. We don't want to see what we see because sometimes we see junk and we don't want to see junk, but we see it. So what I'm saying to you, when you see it, refuse to see it. You might see it in, the, in your natural, but refuse to see it in your spirit. See what the word of God says on the inside of you. What does God's word say? God died for that one. And God wants to see him in you. We may be that his only or her only link to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. We may be that link. So I would just encourage you to stand on the word of God. Don't allow the enemy to come in with a negative report, but stand and dare to believe what God's word says. Hallelujah. So number five, illumination comes when our mind and spirit come into unity. Paul's prayer was that the church would understand, that the church would be enlightened. And that was God's plan then for the Ephesians, and it's ours right now. We are, we are the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Uh, I'm not there yet, but I can give you the feeling if you want. <laughs> I can give it to you. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Look, look, look at your neighbor and say, not on my watch today, Satan. Yeah, it's, it would be so easy to get caught up in junk. You know, I had a lady come through the counter yesterday where I was working, and she had come up to look at some Chanel, and she kind of looked kind of down. And so I didn't say too much to her, and I was showing her the fragrance, and said she was going to come back. And then she said that her husband was, and then she starts pouring her heart out to me, because her husband is bedridden, and he had a, suffered a severe stroke last week, uh, last year, and he's bedridden now. And I couldn't help but to think of all the miracles that God has done in this house and all the miracles of those who had strokes in this house and they're walking and they're talking and they're moving. And so I had to encourage this woman because she just opened up her mouth and she started to talk to me. And so when that happens, that's like in the elevator, you got them trapped. And so she was trapped right there, you know. And so we got to remember the goodness of God. We got to remember what God has done to us because we don't know who's going to come into our pathway. We don't know who's going to walk in front of us today. And so we've got to be on guard. We're, on, we're in a spiritual warfare. We're 
we're in a spiritual fight, but we're not chasing devils. The devil wants to chase us. So we can say no to the devil. You can't come in my atmosphere. You know, Bill Johnson says that. You can't come in my sphere, in my presence. You cannot come. You can't come in my atmosphere. So when you get the negative report, speak the word of God. Speak the name of Jesus. Speak his name. Hallelujah. Okay. Now we're going to get to number six. <laughs> All right. But let's first read Ephesians 1. 19 and 20, because God has given us his power. What is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. So I want to give you that fill in real quick. And number six, we get our power. We get our power words from verse 19. And so I'm going to explain these power words to you. Um, I don't think I've got that in your notes, though. I got the words, but I don't got the explanation. So you might want to take some notes down. So the, we get our power words out of verse 19 of Ephesians. The words for power in verse 19 are translated in the Greek. And the first power word used in Ephesians 19, 1.19 is dunamis. We get our English word dynamo or dynamite. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and this means power stored up within something. So the deutimous power of God is stored up on the inside of you. Okay. Um, then the next word with, that we get in the Greek is energia, and it means to overt power outward. Um, when we get our English word, energy, from this Greek word. So energia is displaying deutimous, because deutimous is inside of you, and energia exerts it out of you, right? So it comes out of you. Um, then there is uh, ketros, and that's ruling power. And we get our English word democratic from this word. And it simply means to rule people, like a king would rule. So not only are we filled with power, and not only is this power coming out of us, but now we rule like kings. Okay. <laughs> I thought this was powerful. I needed to share it with you. Okay. <clears throat> so then... Um, the next is, it's, it's pronounced uh, iskas, I think so. Um, meaning, meaning in the Greek means endowed with power. So we've been endowed with power as a king. We have dunamis power stored up. Energia causes it to flow out. We rule as a king. And now um, we, have, we have that throne of the office. And the last word is um, exousia. And that means power and authority. Isn't that powerful? All of those words come from Ephesians 1 verse 19. Thank you, Jesus. So, um, iskas is the meaning, it means to be endowed with power. In other words, or one who takes the throne in his office. That's a better translation. So, one who takes the throne in his office. And the last word there is asusia, translated power and authority. Okay. So, all of God's power in every form, dunamis, energia, ketros, iskos, azusia, were used on the very day that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. All of those power words were on full display when Jesus Christ rose and was seated at the right-hand side of the Father. Okay, so your, your fill in there is power. And I just want to give you Romans 8.11. That's not in your notes. <clears throat> This is where it says that the spirit of God that raised up Jesus Christ from the dead lives in you. 
So all of these power words and all of their form live on the inside of the body of Christ. So Paul was saying in the 19th verse that all power, all that power and authority, dudamis power, energia power, one to rule, one to take authority, lives on the inside of his church. Look at your neighbor and say, that makes me powerful. So the same power that caused Jesus Christ to be raised from the dead lives on the inside of you. Hallelujah. And we're told in Genesis um, that God created man and woman to subdue and take dominion over all the earth, don't we? Genesis chapter 1. Um, and it also says in Matthew 18, 18, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Does it say that? Do we have that? Do we have that scripture? Matthew 18, 18. Which one do you have? I think it's Matthew 18, 18. Maybe I got it wrong. Maybe it's wrong. Yeah. Um, Surely I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So if we have all of the power, the deutimus power, the energia power, the ketros power, the istros power, and the azusia power living on the inside of us, then we can say whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth, then, will be loosed in heaven, right? So right here, God gives us, Jesus gives us the authority to bind and to loose. So say with me, I have that authority. So for me, I say, no, I bind the spirit that's holding my brother bondage, and I loose the kingdom of heaven to come after him in Jesus' name. I loose God's angels to come after him. I loose them to come and to restore and to heal and to deliver. I take authority, and I do it because I'm under the head. I'm part of the body. I might be just a pinky, but I've got power in the name of Jesus. And you've got power in the name of Jesus. We've got it. We've got it. I hope this is encouraging you like it's encouraging me. <laughs> yes. Okay. So Romans eight eleven, the spirit of God that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives on the inside of you. So that same power is on the inside of us. All right. So number seven, Ephesians 1, I'm going to get wrapping this up. Look at me in my time. Okay. So far above all principality and power, might and dominion, every name that is named, not only in this age, but that in which is which to come. So you're filling there. Our power and authority came through the cross of Jesus Christ. Came through the cross. All right. So God never lost his power when Adam and Eve sinned. He never lost his power. But he lost the channel for his authority to flow. It could no longer flow through Adam and Eve. He lost that channel. But he was powerful, never lost his power. But... Then came the church. <laughs> and now the church is here, and now that channel is back again from heaven to earth. And now we have that power, and we have that authority. <laughs> yes. And I say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Yes. Thank you, Lord. So the Greek word of Susie is used in this verse 21. It's power and authority through the cross of Jesus Christ and his resurrection. We now have the power and authority over every single devil that would try to come against us. So God never lost his power, just lost the channel for the authority to flow. Until, until Christ came, Satan had authority. But then Christ came, and Christ gave his authority to his body, to his church, 
to his ecclesia. <laughs> he gave it to us. Amen. So we have that power and authority. All right. So number eight, when Jesus was raised from the dead, he stated in Matthew 28, 18. Do you have that scripture? Raised from the dead. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. All authority. So no longer does Satan have that authority. Hallelujah. So let's see. Um, when Jesus was raised from the dead, all that authority he gave to his church. Hallelujah. And Ephesians 1.22, and he has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. So all things are under his feet. Hallelujah. Everything. In the middle of Jesus, in the middle of Jesus and Satan is the church. That's where we are. So we're in the middle. Jesus, church, and the devil. And so we have the power because we're connected to the head to defeat the devil over here. We have the power, you and me. We have that power. So we have to remember and bring to our remembrance of that authority that we have. And don't just allow the enemy to run a railroad track over you. Don't allow him to come and come with his distorted thinking. Don't let him come into your mind and tell you something about your, uh, another friend or another believer. Don't let him come and try to sow discord in your thought life. Don't let him come and do that. Take authority because you're under the head. All right, so let's go to closing. Ephesians 1, 23. Which is his body, the fullness of, the fullness of him who fills all in all. The church is the body. It's the fullness of Jesus Christ. Without the head, the body cannot function. But when the head is joined to the body, which is his church, the plan of God can then be fulfilled. Exercising authority on the earth today, decreeing and declaring and roaring like a lion, <laughs> taking back what the enemy has stole from us. We are the body of Christ in all of his fullness. We are. So your fill in there is when the head is joined to the body, which is the church, the plan of God can be fulfilled, exercising his authority on the earth today. Hallelujah. So we exercise the authority of God on earth today. You and me, we do that. Not my neighbor. If they're Christians, they can do it. But in my neighborhood, then, I have authority. In the church, I have authority. At my workplace, I have authority. Everywhere I go, I have the authority to tell the devil to flee. And guess what? He must flee. He must go. And I don't worry about it. I just turn around and keep walking. <laughs> because I rebuked him. He's got to go. I'm not fearing he's going to come back. No. I've already got rid of him. He's already gone. Amen. And I think that's the courageous spirit that God wants us to have as a church. He wants us to be courageous in the hour that we're living in. He wants us to be. He wants us to learn how to stand. And when we've done all to stand, stand there for again. He wants us to learn that as a body. And he wants us to learn about our authority because he's got work to do. He's got a plan. And we're his channel. We're his people. We're his people that he's going to move and breathe through. And so we don't want to be a people that are defeated by the devil. And don't even give him time. Don't even talk about him. By the time I got to the fifth negative report, I was done. And then I started saying, wait a minute. You need to renew your mind. The person who was telling me, you need to renew your mind. Like, how do you sleep at night? I can't go there. I have to believe what God's word says. And God's word says that my family is saved and they're healed. They're coming to Jesus. I'm going to see them healed and restored and coming into the fullness of the body of Christ like me. Hallelujah. 
The Bible says in Luke 10, 19, it says, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Say that with me. Nothing by any means shall hurt me. Okay. So I'm going to do something a little different today. I want you to stand with me in closing. And I want you to pair up with one person. So two by two. Find somebody. It can be your neighbor. It can be just, I want just two by two. I'm going to ask Becky back there if she would uh, throw up my scripture, Ephesians. Uh, Ephesians 1, 17. And we're going to read it through 19. And this is one of the most powerful scriptures in the word. And this is what I pray for my husband, for everyone in my family that doesn't serve the Lord. And I put their name in there. But today, I want you to look at your neighbor, and I want you to speak this to them. Okay, so I need to be looking at each other. Okay, so look at each other. All right, and you're going to repeat after me while you're looking at each other. Okay. <laughs> All right, and so you're going to be praying this like the Apostle Paul prayed to the church of Ephesus. And he said to them that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power in you. Amen. Look at your neighbor and give a hand. <laughs> in you. Hallelujah. The power in you. We have the power of Jesus Christ in us. Amen. Then Paul says that you would know these things. And he went to Ephesus that you would know how to move and how to walk, that you would understand the glory and the power of the riches of the inheritance are in the saints. That's you and me. That we would know these truths. Hallelujah. So I'm going to ask the altar team to come if they would. Thank you, Jesus. Give the Lord a hand. Thank you, Father. We thank you for your word today, Lord. We thank you, Father, that your word is yes and amen. We thank you, God, that every word is true, Father. It's like honey, Father. It's like the honeycomb.